0: Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to another PTSM Network classic as we bring you some of the episodes of Yesteryear. This one today, another episode of Raw from March twenty second, 1993. I uh, warn you up front, it is uh, pretty lame. But, you know, I'll tell you what, it's fun sometimes to watch these episodes because uh, it gives you a great appreciation of uh, when there was fantastic uh Storylines and other things going on. Uh, this didn't happen to be one of them, but it's entertaining in the fact that sometimes you know bad is good. So uh, we'll get into it, and uh, I'm very excited about that coming up. I hope this episode finds you safe and healthy as we continue through this pandemic, as it just seems to go on and on. Although it appears that they are starting to loosening, starting to loosen things up for. Uh, people out there to actually open some businesses and uh, also uh, come out of your homes. So a lot of people, uh, this after they discovered that a lot of these um, cases that they're seeing, uh, you know, when people present themselves at the hospital, that they found out that a lot of these people got sick at home. So who knows? But uh, as we continue here, I hope, as I said, you're safe and you're continuing to practicing your self-distancing and just doing what you can to protect you and your family. Uh, I really want to tell you how much, though, I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, If you've got spare time here and you get an opportunity to listen to things, I know you've got millions of choices, literally millions of choices that you could uh, choose to entertain yourselves with, uh, you know, the thousands of other wrestling podcasts are out there. So thank you so much for taking time to tune in. Uh, It is awesome during this time because, uh, you know, a lot of people are out of work. It's just pretty frightening. And uh, I especially feel for those in the world of professional wrestling uh, because, uh, you know, I, I really have compassion for those folks and the fact that they're independent contractors. I worked as an independent contractor for a long time, and, you know, you have work as long as uh, people are hiring you. You're not guaranteed a paycheck every couple weeks. So uh, a lot of professional wrestlers out there, and remember, it's just it's trickled down. It's not just, you know, from promoters trying to, if they can't put shows on, then they can't uh, hire wrestlers to be at these shows and people aren't going to show up. And they depend on those gates and, and also even in the wrestling conventions that also help out a lot of former uh, wrestlers that uh, are no longer in the ring. They depend on those appearances and it is not happening. And we don't know when it's going to happen. And another thing that's a little frightening about it is, you know, it, as I mentioned, they're starting to, starting to loosen things up a bit. But that doesn't mean if they give the all clear and say, "Okay, folks, you can go back to your normal lives," that you know, people are going to go flocking to arenas. I think that uh, you know some people, of course, immediately will. But but you need you need packed houses, and I think initially people are going to be okay. Well, uh, let's wait and see uh, when people show up there and they go to an event, and there isn't an outbreak of a hundred or two hundred people getting. CoVID-19 then maybe I'll I'll dip my toe back in the water. So it could be a long time. So uh, my point is anything you can do to help support these people, uh, a lot of them have merch, they do they have t-shirts you know that you can get online and also some of them have books and whatever however you can help support them. A lot of them have patreon accounts that uh, you can help support. Uh, these guys so whatever you can do i'm sure is going to be tremendously appreciated as they try and uh, wade their through all wade through all this and i I imagine uh you know uh, others are having to find other employment and there just aren't jobs out there necessarily with what they might be skilled at so it's it's really tough and we can just only hope that it uh, ends sooner than later um I wanted to ask you guys today, because I've been, uh, when I get some spare time, I like to go through and just see what's happening out there. And, of course, you've got some uh, organizations that are pressing on, uh, doing what they can uh, with, uh, say, the WWE, and they have these shows with no audience, uh, no, nobody there. And AEW is doing the same thing, and I, you know, I happened to watch a little bit of, of, of their product this morning. And it's just so bizarre, all of the ones I've, I've looked at. And maybe it's just because we've grown so used to seeing, you know, packed houses and you, you're hearing, you know, that audience reaction to things that happen. And when you don't, you know, something, you know, they do something diabolical or that might be spectacular and you don't hear a reaction, it's just very weird. And you depend on these announcers to try and take you through it and you know, launch that excitement or the reaction or the. You know, being appalled or 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 just being completely you know blindsided by something somebody does, and it's it's certainly helps, but it's it's just not the same. This is me saying this personally, and I noticed that AEW now has um, crew members who I'm sure have been cleared to be around each other. They probably um, you know test their temperatures or whatever to make sure that they're they're healthy, and they've got crew members that are kind of witnessing this stuff and reacting, but I don't know. I'd love to uh, get your reaction to it. You can certainly email me at uh, at gmail.com and, and just let me know what you think. But I'm just, I'm curious to see the kind of reaction it's getting. Uh, one piece of evidence, is you look at the ratings, the ratings are down for all of these, uh, WWE, AEW included, and... Um, you know, it's, they're not abysmal, but they're certainly not what they're used to getting. And, uh, you know, it's their attempt, I'm sure, to keep going, uh, keep their uh, roster working. Uh, but there's the theory from some people say, you know, they should just shut down and then they come back. It'll have a bigger buildup. But I respect the fact that they're trying to keep people employed and fulfill contracts and also, you know, have advertising that helps you know, get them through this. They're certainly going to lose probably millions and millions and millions of dollars, but they are pressing on, putting out a product out there. But uh, I just wonder, is it doing, you know, more harm than good in a sense uh, what they're doing with professional wrestling. You've got um, another outfit like NWA, which you know I'm affiliated with, that has, uh, you know, decided to just shut down and and wait it out and uh, do alternative programming that they put up on, uh, YouTube and uh, hoping to fill the void there a bit. But um, I don't know. I, I think that it's uh, an interesting situation to, to, you know, like, what do you do? What do you do at this point? So I'd uh, love to hear what you what you have to say about that. Um, I hope you continue to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, that's real simple. You can uh, do that by uh, just going to uh, on those both those platforms, at Primetime Mooney, at Primetime Mooney. And uh, keep supporting us. Uh, that uh, helps us keep going. It's uh, been, been tough times, I will uh, admit. And, uh, but uh, we, we keep pressing forward. I hope I continue to, uh, am able to continue to bring you new content that uh, we do every week with these uh, Network Classics that we drop every Monday at 6 a.m. And also original episodes that we uh, have coming your way every Wednesday. And then, of course, on Saturdays, we drop something from The Vault uh, the uh, the library of uh, primetime with Sean Mooney, maybe an episode that you missed uh, that uh, you, you didn't get the opportunity to take a listen to. It brings your attention to it, and uh, just uh, you know puts puts more stuff out there for you to to listen to. And it all drops at six a.m. Eastern time on those days, Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. And then, of course, if you uh, want to skip the ads, which are very important, and you know, and and I do want to put this out there, uh, please support. Um, these advertisers that we have as, as much as you possibly can because uh, when we lose them, boy, it's over. So um, please, and we, we wa- I also want to say that I'm really appreciative of the uh, sponsors as they continue to you know, advertise during this time. Some people, some of these companies just said, nope, we're going to hold up because we don't feel like we're going to get any uh, business right now until people get back to work. But there are those that are sticking with it. And man, I uh, really appreciate that because it allows us to keep going. But if you can not support those advertisers, I know that uh, can be annoying when you get these back-to-back all the time, and um, and they show up at the most inopportune moments when you're listening to something, but uh, believe me, uh, they're a necessity. Uh, you also have the ability to, ability to get everything we do early and ad-free on um, Patreon, and that's real simple. You just go to patreon.com slash primetime Mooney, and uh, you can tune in that way and not have to hear a single ad and there is a ton of material on there and uh you may have noticed we we do uh, we're trying to do a lot more with the video and um, when we have the opportunity with skype to you know get people on camera we do that and if you're a patreon member you get that uh before anybody else does we don't release it. we do eventually release it on youtube but you know you get it first and for a couple of weeks there before we put it up And so uh, that is another big bonus to being a Patreon member. So uh, if you'd like to do that, like I said, go to patreon.com slash primetimemooney for as little as $4.99. You get everything early and ad free. And uh, we've had some, uh, I think, some very interesting episodes as of late. Um, We uh, had Tim Storm last week. And man, Tim was just uh, a great a great interview because he's a guy that uh, certainly has paid his dues started late in life when you're talking about professional wrestling uh and uh god he, he didn't start he said he was just 30 but when he just when he decided to become a professional wrestler and started training and uh, not many people have done that uh so uh, he's a great story and uh you know had his opportunities along the way and he's done he's done very well but just a really great person bottom line and I'm of course have a soft spot for educators my mom uh, was an educator she was a teacher for 35 plus years and then of course my I've got uh, a sister who is also a teacher and a principal so uh, educators are close to my heart and they are play such a big role in our kids lives I just pray to God that uh, our education system improves but that's a whole other different topic but anyway Tim Storm was fantastic and then, uh, we followed that up with, and you're going to see this uh, Wednesday, an episode with John Arezzi. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with that name. Uh, I think in the people, uh, you know, that are old school and, uh, remember back in the days when, you know, they, uh, started with the, uh, conventions. Well, John was one of the originators of that and, uh, uh, we, we had a great conversation about that. And I also wanted to bring him on because he is all over that new episode with Dark Side of the Ring. Um, cocaine and Cowboy Boots, or whatever the story of, of uh, the UWF and, uh, and uh, Herb Abrams, and just a, a great story. But uh, we, we actually have a little bit in common, which uh, you tune in and you'll find out right at the top of that podcast that uh, we actually crossed paths very early in our careers. And, uh, you'll hear about that, but, uh, that was fun and, uh, really enjoyed that conversation. I hope you check it out this, uh, Wednesday because he's one of those guys that was kind of behind the scenes. One of the first people to start a radio program focused, uh, on, on wrestling. And, uh, you know, he started it out to be this kayfabe radio, uh, where he would, you know, bring wrestlers on and help promote wrestling. Well, it kind of turned into this kind of dirt sheet radio. And, uh, Really interesting on how that all evolved, and in, in his uh, uh, in, in him starting all that, and uh, great conversation. So check it out. John Arezzi is uh, up this Wednesday. All right, so we've got a very uh, interesting episode this week as we uh, pull out another uh, show featuring RAW, and this from March twenty second, nineteen ninety three. And, uh, you know, as I I noticed, we've kind of been doing these in order. I don't know if I'm going to do that anymore because uh, it just gets to be too much of that one era or what's going on then. I think we should mix them up more. So I'm going to, you know, start picking from different years. Also, after my conversation with Eric Bischoff a couple of weeks ago, I I started thinking that I really never saw many episodes of Nitro. Um, I was gone from the WWF when that all started and wasn't really paying a lot of attention to what was happening in the world of professional wrestling. I have since gone back and watched a few, especially featuring the, you know, the NWO period. But I was thinking, I really want to see how this all started and how it evolved. So I think I'm going to start uh, checking out a few of those episodes. And, and next week, doing the very first one. I just thought that would be that would be fun. It's not. It's not something I was ever associated with. I've said before. I never got a phone call to uh, go down there and work. Uh, there was never real any you know any real interest uh, on their part or mine. I was I was doing other things at that time, but I just thought it'd be uh, you know fun to to just go and look at it as a fan and and what was going on at the time. And and I uh, I poked. Uh, into it uh, i guess that's the best way to put it. i just kind of i went to that episode and just started playing little bits and pieces of it and i'm kind of excited about it because especially after talking to eric and um getting his thoughts on you know the whole thing coming together and so i'm thinking maybe next week we'll do that episode the first one and uh, just get my reaction to it uh comparing it to uh what the wwf was doing uh And also uh, seeing Bobby Heenan is just so foreign to me down there, you know, to see him there. And then also there's, uh, you know, Gene Okerlund was down there too. And to see all those guys, Hulk, you know, this big shift south was uh, very strange just to see some of the stuff. So next week I'm I'm thinking that's what we're going to do. What do you think? I think it'll be fun. Uh, Maybe you guys remember it vividly. Um, You know, I'm sure many of you did. And the fact that it uh, ended up going head-to-head with the WWF, WWE, I should say. And, uh, of course, resulting in the Monday Night Wars in 83 weeks, as we say. Um, So, uh, But I want to, you know, maybe we'll follow it along, keep checking in there and and, uh, doing a few of those shows. But right now, let's stay focused on uh, the business at hand. And that is an episode of Monday Night Raw from march twenty second nineteen ninety three and i wish you could say it was uh good uh i can't <laughs> What's it? but i will say it's entertaining i and and i i imagine a lot of times that's why you tune in because uh you know that uh i'm going to have a few comments about it uh this and there were good episodes of Raw, I won't say that there weren't, uh, even early on there with uh, hosts Vince McMahon, Macho Man Randy Savage, and Rob Bartlett, but um, boy, sometimes, boy did they miss with some of these matches that they did. And so anyway, we're getting, uh, once again, notes from blogofdoom.com, I want to thank them very much, blogofdoom.com, who uh, chronicles these old episodes, and uh they you know basically lay out exactly what happened, but they you know, they have their comments, they have uh, their their viewpoint of it, and they're pretty much right on. It's, uh, or I would say I agree with a lot of what they say. Um, this episode is at the Manhattan Center in New York City. Uh, as we know, as things uh, progress, sometimes they would shoot somewhere else depending on I guess the availability of the venue. But this was actually taped on uh, March 22nd, 1993. So uh, I'm assuming it was a, a live show. Um, but anyway, they had some dark matches in this, which I don't. I guess are worth noting, but we won't see them. A giant Gonzalez takes on Kamala. Um, Jim Powers defeated Lagor, whoever that was. I don't remember ever hearing that name. Um, Bam Bam Bigelow versus Satanka, which ended in a double countout. So uh, they pretty much delivered, I guess, in dark matches. I mean, at least they gave them some some, some superstars going up uh, against each other. But brah, that wasn't the case because you got the Bushwhackers um, defeating Damian Demento and Repo Man, which just was a, a, a disaster of a match, uh, as we will see. And this is a point Repo Man has, is pretty much on his way out the door. Um, so they're going to put the Bushwhackers over in this one. Uh, Tatanka faces uh, Reno Riggins in a matchup. Uh, Money Inc. faces uh, John Armstrong and Jess Armstrong. I don't know if they're brothers, but uh, that's a quick match, so you don't have to endure much. And then Doink the Clown, this is the big card match, Is uh, faces Kamala with Slick at ringside yikes so wow I mean this isn't even a good episode of superstars I, I I don't know what the heck they were thinking here but we're um, we're not that far from from WrestleMania I mean this is March 22nd and you would have thought that they would be paying very close attention this is a big platform here and uh you're just just uh, going through the motions uh, for this show but uh you know, when you figure out all the thousands of shows that have been done. I mean, come on, uh, you're going to miss. But I, like I said, for promotions wise, I think you'd be to me, it'd be like sweeps in television. You know, put out your best stuff and they're trying to sell pay-per-view tickets here. So this didn't help. All right. So let's get to it. Um, you know how it works. You go to the WWE Network. You go to in ring. Raw is right there at the top. Um, And so you click on that and then scroll down until you get to March 22nd, 1993. March 22nd, 1993. See it there? See it there? Okay, get ready. Um, For those of you who need a bit of time, as usual, we'll take a quick pause here, a quick timeout, and we come back and then we'll go. All right, so pause. Pause. All righty, guys. uh, I know we're all ready to go, right? You're all queued up. Good. All right. You know how it works. You know what we do here. We just, uh, I count down and then tell you to play and then you click and, and we're off to the races. So let's hope everything works here. Ready? All right, here we go. Three, two, one, play. And there we go. Right into the animation in the open. Monday night. Raw with Reza Ramon. It was a big part of what was going on then. They liked him then. And of course, Vince McMahon into the big cell. Abe Hirschfeld, <laughs> what the hell is <laughs> How much of the audience knew what the hell Vince was talking about? As we get the big open, fire it up. And uh, Rob Bartlett, always with the signature gum chewing going on. And the Macho Man, once again, doing a big sell on these uh, matches, trying to do what he can. As we get it started out, and this is really supposed to grab your attention. Don't get me wrong, man. I I love the Bushwhackers. They were fellow rugby players, so we got along really well uh, chatting about the game. And we got Repo Man, and as I've said many times, I've just never really understood Uh, that gimmick for him but being the true pro he is and being a great professional wrestler he took whatever they handed him and he wanted to stay around in the WWF and there's Demento which just like always looked like a really bad evening dress that uh, whole thing doesn't it? uh, (laughs) at at least the shoulder pads wait a minute oh this is insane this is crazy this is cuckoo, the bushwhackers. We don't know where they are. Well, you know where they are. They're up rousting the crowd, and I don't know if this woman is ready to be assaulted by a tongue, but she's like, I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine doing that today. I, I not only would you probably be sued, you probably wouldn't leave the building without wearing handcuffs. That would... <laughs> it's like. All right. Uh and and Vince was at at this point in time like it was okay to just humiliate people who uh may have had some extra pounds and and they enjoyed humiliating the Rosati sisters who went along with it. I mean, they got some uh you know so a lot of attention uh, between Bobby Heenan and what uh, he did with for them, and and they love to come on. They got uh, guest spots a lot of times. You'd see him on prime time wrestling. Uh, the Bushwhackers made a, a quick uh, descent from the balcony there, and it's always fun to watch the Bushwhackers, isn't it? Because if you knew them as the sheep herders, uh, they were just. Sh- you know, shit heels. They were just a nasty duo who uh, just delivered mayhem. And uh, there's Adi's sister there, gets a a licking. And, uh, (laughs) that's good. Vince gets in an even better line as uh, Bartlett says my my mother has an uh, that same pattern, and and Vince said, "What camouflage? That's wow." Vince, man, feeling good tonight, and uh, yeah. And we'll be getting uh, plugs throughout this show, of course, for WrestleMania. But as I said before, we rolled this. How about putting out a good product? How about having some great matches that want to get people excited about tuning in on pay per view rather than just plugging the crap out of it? And Damian Demento is going to uh, be the first one in the ring to go up against the Bushwhackers, teaming with Repo. Backed into the corner. A little shot. And Damian Demento, I don't know, man. I, I don't know how you felt about the gimmick, but it just never went anywhere. And uh, little bushwhackers with the ass bite, which is a very well-known move in wrestling. Very effective. A little sandwich there is Repo Man sent into the corner and uh, just slamming them into each other. And then the double clothesline as uh Barry takes a powder there. And the macho man doing his part to plug WrestleMania. And uh this yeah, we are we are you know less than a week away from WrestleMania. This is it. This is what you got the week before WrestleMania and i you know i can't say that you know it's like a a, a football team you or a baseball team you know giving the guys the night off so they can rest up i mean come on what the hell, what the hell's going on this this is you got to go uh you know open the fire hose give them everything you got to make people want to come and tune in you don't have to give away the other matches but why not put some big name talent on this show Repo man trying to mount some offense here. Luke goes hard into the uh, corner. And uh, a little double team action here. No tag made. No tags ever made. You notice who the referee is there. Oh. No. One of the regulars at the time. And most of these, you know, I remember that some of these episodes of Raw, they'd have, you know, one of the, the Hebner brothers they'd do the whole show. <laughs> it's like, it would be the ref for the whole show. Luke getting pounded on by Demento. And now uh, Demento uh, shows that he's got a set of choppers, too, that he can use. Both men down. Demento first one up, so apparently the bushwhacker took the biggest blow there, and uh, that was a low blow. Yeah, because we didn't have anybody else to pair him with, so we figured what the hell. still no tag but I guess that counts close and this is a long match for the Bushwhackers to be involved in you know you got so used to seeing them they'd be on superstars or challenge and match the last couple of minutes at least in the this one they're getting some Ring time. Little little head knocker. Is that what we got coming? There you go. Oh, they're missed there. Uh, Demento. Oh, as Darso trips him up. And you can see, I mean, this crowd is like, uh, okay, can we get this one over with? Ref distracted, could have gotten a cover there for the Bushwhackers. In comes the repo man, tries to drop an elbow, but misses. It's Demento who ends up hitting it, getting hit. And uh, the battering ram, and now it's going to be Barry who's going to take the job on this one. One, two, three. So, you kind of know at this point, if you're uh, you're in the basically center of the ring, getting one, two, three uh, against the Bushwhackers, your uh, future, shall we say, with the WWF is not bright. And uh, according to these notes, uh, this would be Repo Man's final appearance, at least on television, as uh, he ended up out the door. Which is sad because you you think about the tremendous career that Barry Darso had as part of demolition and and, uh, the demise of that tag team because at its peak, man, those guys were, you know, right there among the top, the best in the WWF during that era when tag teams were as uh, big a part of of, uh, what the WWF did as they did with singles competition. And uh, you know they tried they did, they did try to keep that tag team going when Bill Eadie uh, experienced some health problems and they tried to bring in Crush. And that just didn't work. And uh, you know Barry Darso was the, uh, the odd man out in the end, and uh, they you know tried to give him a push as repo man, which uh, just never really happened. And then, where do you go from there? You know, you're going to give him another gimmick? So uh, he would move on. And uh, that relationship, it's unfortunately uh, unfortunate between Demolition, Axe, and Smash, and what happened. I mean, if you've listened to that episode of Primetime, when they talk about their relationship with the WWE, and they said, yeah, it would take about $100,000 for us to even accept being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. So I'd say they were far apart uh between uh healing that relationship as we got Tatanka in here now facing Reno Riggins and I mean you know, I remember Reno Riggins he he was uh around quite a bit uh doing a lot of enhancement matches as uh, he is in this match against Tatanka And Vince pushing the hotline. We got you know you got a lineup here. You got a lot of stuff to push. You got IcoPro. Pro. You got WrestleMania, which of course is, is the the biggest promotion at that moment. But now they have the hotline, which uh, Gene Okerlund would take uh, that down to WCW and make a fortune. As he said, that was his retirement. But uh, Gene did okay. But doing that, uh, I mean, he, he was like, it was just crazy that uh, at one point, how much money he was making on that hotline for WCW. And always the uh, famed uh, chops, the chops. It's how much can I, uh, how many bigger welts can I put on your, yeah, then, yeah, some really big chops. And then I'll just give you another one. That'll, that'll raise some welts to Tonka. Misses as he leaps off the uh, second rope there. And there you go. Riggins. Now, boy, look at mounting some offense here and uh, getting a a chance to inflict some damage here to to Tatanka. And uh, Randy Savage says, you know, somebody like uh, Riggins, man, you can't can't blow an opportunity like this. You're getting uh, a chance to really... Take advantage to get some advantage here in Tatanka. You don't sit there and jaw with the referee. You gotta, you gotta keep up. Uh oh. Yep, as Randy said, you had your chance, buddy. You blew it. Yeah, and he keeps trying with a double axe handle that just bounce off him, and another chop which takes Riggins right off his feet, and then uh, chop to the forehead. Oof. Let's take a look at uh, Riggins' chest at this point. <laughs> oh, power slam. As Tatanka comes back in a fury. Uh, here's a hook's leg and uh, that's going to do it. As Tatanka takes the victory. There we go, Tatanka victorious. And moving right along as we transition into an announcement that uh, actually was a a big deal for the World Wrestling Federation as after all these years, they'd finally put together a Hall of Fame and making it happen as uh, the very, very first inductee would appropriately be Andre the Giant, and this is something that the WWF uh, did very, very well, and uh, a lot of that had to do with Kevin Dunn and the creative folks that, uh, you know, he was a producer at the time, and uh, they put together, really, some really nice pieces, and that uh, certainly is the case here. As we get a look here of uh, Big Pan up of the giant. Andre the Giant right there. And uh, there's some great memories that you get to see. Lord Alfred Hayes just looks so small there next to Andre. As he put his hand over his face. Uh, Legit uh, behemoth and the strength that he possessed. And here with Vince... And Andre, and uh, of course the the very famous scene with Bob Uecker getting choked by Andre. Uh, quite a relationship with the World Wrestling Federation, but it began before that, of course, with the Worldwide Wrestling Federation (WWWF) and Vince Senior. And Andre, a very loyal member of that roster for years and years and years, and very loyal to Vince Sr. And then, of course, to Vince McMahon, who would take over for his dad. But Andre, I am so glad that he was the first inductee. So uh, well-deserved because, like I said, so loyal to the company and just, uh, you know, what a, what a figure in the history of the world of professional wrestling. Bobby heen in there it's it's uh it's, it's really sad to look at this video because they're all gone you know and andre a legendary figure and those who knew him uh, know exactly what I'm talking about and of course to the world but those who knew him best uh, really the, tough to tough to watch that. Of course, everybody knew that, right? That these guys were soap opera stars at Monday Night Raw. You never knew who was going to show up, right? (laughs) I'm sorry, I have to pause. I have to listen to Lord Alfred. And of course, please, come on, we're begging you. Please, please try IcoPro. Please, it's not going well. And these, uh, these, I love that they included these spots from the action figures. Dig it! Mm -hmm. And uh, Card Girl. Not exactly a Rosati sister, but she'll do. Oh boy. And in comes Money, Inc., the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, at IRS. I just wondered how he wrestled in that gear. Got a tie, suspenders. Ho, ho, Bobby would say. Jeff Armstrong and Scott Rich. Yeah, I'll come after you. Yeah, here we go. Ted DiBiase goes right to work. Shoulder blocked there by Ted DiBiase. And uh, this uh, this match is not going to go long, as you might imagine. But you know that the uh, Money, Inc. And uh, IRS and Ted DiBiase had this feud going with Hulk Hogan and British the Barber Beefcake. Which would come to a head that weekend was uh, WrestleMania coming up. And you got Bartlett uh, being able to uh, uh, rifle through the channels. I don't know how they got that figured out. Was that, I mean, did they come up with that gimmick that they were going to do this? Because that was probably took a lot of effort. Probably over the air, though. Maybe you could get channels inside the Manhattan Center. And uh, they want him to pay attention to what's going on. Okay, so we're two weeks away from WrestleMania. Okay. WrestleMania 9, the, the Toga WrestleMania. But they're very close here to WrestleMania. And as I said before, I mean, I just, what a wasted show. Uh, this was one of the biggest platforms that the WWF had at the time. And you're thinking, like, why wouldn't you load this thing up? Make, it, uh, make people excited about catching WrestleMania. I, I don't know. I didn't get it. Big chop said by Ted DiBiase. Nice snaps to them. You hear him loud in that arena. And comes Irwin. Double clothesline, and uh, these guys are both really skilled ring tacticians, and uh, but not putting a whole lot into this match. Power slam by Ted DiBiase. He's not done yet. There's a tag. Heads into the ropes. And there you go. That's a quick work of this tag team. Not much of an effort. Money Incorporated as they prepare for WrestleMania as the tag team champions in the World Wrestling Federation. So what do you say? We probably should get a Wrestlemania report at this time. As they continue the hype. As we head into Wrestlemania 9. Like the animation though. I really love this open. As we prepare for Wrestlemania 9. With Yoko and Bret Hart. As we all know how that would end up, uh, the championship on the line. But, of course, Hulk would come in and snatch it away. Nice tie. We got away with wearing stuff like that back then. That's right. Ico Pro. I wonder if that stuff was any good. I wonder if it actually did what they said it did. (laughs) <laughs> Gene, he's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yes, it is. They build it as a double main event. That's Zuno Man, was he a big boy. Brett the Hitman Hart wearing the belt. Okay, so they're going to actually give uh, Superstars and Challenge a little piece of the what was going on, and they're going to show the signing on them on those shows. And, I, you know, was anybody excited about that match? I don't think so. Brett and Yoko, yeah, to an extent. Nobody saw it coming, what was going to happen. Giant Gonzalez facing The Undertaker. I don't know. Ever it was it was was there ever a WrestleMania that wasn't the greatest WrestleMania ever building up to be? Gene, <laughs> Gene, that's uh, that's an, an interesting thought with dental floss. So it was a spectacle as much as it was a wrestling event, as they had everybody in togas and they had camels and uh, everything. They threw it all in. And usually, if you remember when they did these WrestleMania reports, they were five minutes long. This thing was maybe a couple of minutes. So, Okay, got a question for you. And, uh, you know, that worked. I I mean, I guarantee you, Gene was on tape there. So the fact that they did that where they had the interaction was cool. And they pulled it, you know, and they pulled it off. It didn't, it wasn't, uh, you know, some of those are just like cringe because they just didn't work. So, and he's one of my faves. Doink. As Bartlett says, it got a haircut. Yeah, okay. And I do believe this is uh, the original Doink. There's only one who was really good. Come on, right? The original. So he's going to be taking on Kamala in this and uh, as we've talked about before, they didn't uh, Kamala was more of a a spectacle. They never really were able to establish really good storylines with him. They're all short-lived and basically him fighting his mistreatment uh, or others on his behalf. It was an interesting concept and uh, got a lot of attention, and people would. But nothing ever better than mid card, really. Yeah, as R- Randy Savage says, he's a sweet client. He comes bearing gifts. Look, Donnie can say, "Hey, hey, hey, here." I'll be out here. I got a present for you. Ooh, what might it be? Kamala, so sweet. And Doink tackles Kamala. Down he goes. Locks in an arm bar. I thought that the guy really gave him a gift and And takes down Kamala again. Doink. Staying on him. Working on that uh, that arm. That left arm of Kamala. Not a whole lot you uh, could do with Kamala. And this is the day, folks, when you could get away with working an arm for, you know, two or three minutes. You can't, can't do that today. No way. But uh, you, they used to do it then. Chopped there by Kamala. Trying to mount some offense. Big pounds. A doink comes to, uh, back. And again, another tackle. Take out the legs. No matter how big they are. They go down. Again, going after that left arm. Just work on a, a body part. And slick. Oh, the clean cut slick at ringside. Trying to urge him on. And look how long, how long's he been working this arm bar? Right? Not a lot going on in this match is Mike Kyota right there, referee. Now, uh, had recent, recently left the WWE with their recent uh, cuts that they did. He uh, had, after being there for, God, I think over 30 years, uh, recently saw something with him. He was, you know, talking, well, very grateful for the opportunities that he got. Certainly one of the legendary referees with the organization for so many years. Yes, yeah, so we take a break here on Raw. What, what action did we miss? My God, did you hold your breath? So what are, let's recap. What have we seen so far? Extensive arm bars. A couple of chops on Kamala. Got a reverse kick. We just saw it all. And that chop takes Doink right out of the ring. Now Kamala... Chasing after him. Uh Uh-oh. He says, come on, I gave you a gift. Open it. He's got Kamala confused. And as a result, the distraction allows Doink to slip back in and get Kamala counted out, and there's nothing in the box. Very, very big disappointment for Kamala. Is yeah, very enraged that you don't, you know, gave him a gift and then gave him nothing. As Doink heads underneath the ring, and we don't know where either one of them. Are. As As Kamala goes under there now, Doink grabs a chair, and he's waiting for Kamala to emerge. As he pounds away. Okay, so Doink's waiting for him to again come out and he emerges and now sneaks up on Doink and we'll get to exact his revenge. Eh, maybe not. Time to head backstage, folks. As we thank God, wrap up this match. Oh, boy. With the, uh, I think he's like seven pleats in that pair of pants. As uh, this is, I don't know if you ever caught this show. It was a idea of Saturday morning fun. Just another option. Another product that they put out there. Okay. but That was uh, a little change up. Wow. Okay, so Pettingill going to unveil... A much-awaited video, apparently, featuring... Not knowing what they would do uh, as they... I guess they had to fill some time. It's it's just amazing to me. Then here we are, uh, they're saying, uh, I thought it was a week, but it's like two weeks of WrestleMania. But still, we're right there. And and uh, this is the programming they're doing. I bring out the Rosati sisters and, and uh, do a bit with Rob Bartlett. I'm talking, he's got a... Primetime Wrestling uh, made several appearances there. They all three of the Rosati sisters, if you recall, there was three of them, and often the foils of of Bobby Heenan. Yeah, it's 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 it's, just bring out three large people and make fun of them. But that was yeah, no, uh oh, Rob Bartlett. So let's get the big. Let's get. Let's get the big, uh, uh uh-oh, he's coming in, coming in. And there is the payoff, apparently. Oh. Oh, boy. And a little Slim Jim action. Okay, didn't we watch you just for the sound effect there at the end, right? Love that. And there you go. All right, so as we knew heading into this, it was Brett the Hitman Heart who would be defending the World Wrestling Federation Championship against Yokozuna, but it was going to be the Macho Man who still stepped into the ring. And it was at this point they were trying to transition him out of the ring, that uh, he was going to be some part of the booking team, and it just never happened. They actually wanted uh, Randy to move to Stamford, Connecticut, if you can believe that. Well, something else that never happened. As he would head south down to WCW, as would pretty much everybody on that roster at some point. Okay. Randy, just uh Wow. Wow, that's all. (laughs) Hey, I I warned you going in, didn't I? Uh, As I said, though, I'm just astounded that they could be that close to WrestleMania and deliver that show. You know, less than two weeks away from a huge event, WrestleMania 9, and that was what they put together. So uh, I agree with the notes here that it was a pretty weak effort for Monday Night Raw on March 22nd, 1993. Uh, Matches weren't very good. Uh, They didn't have uh, really big names to be a part of it. And I don't think they did a great job selling those matches. So, you know, I guess you don't uh, hit it out of the park every time, but a nice double would have been nice, maybe. Uh, That didn't happen in this one. So there there you go. There you have it. Uh, <laughs> man. it was uh inter- entertaining would you even go that far i don't know but uh consider all of the the many many shows and and uh, how the show evolved but as i i mentioned before i think what uh, i will do when we do another raw i'm going to skip i don't i don't want to keep going in order on these because they're you see what was going on here um, I really, as I've said before, I love Rob Bartlett. I think he's one of, a very, very talented comedian and uh, actor. He's still doing a lot out there. But this was just not a good format for him. It, it just didn't work. And, you know, Randy uh, was there pretty much under protest in a sense. He he wanted to be uh, getting a big push and, and still be at the top of uh, the World Wrestling Federation. So... Uh, even though this show would become what it would become at the time, it was still finding its way, no question about it. And it was, uh, you know, many weeks, it just wasn't good. It just wasn't good. It would uh, force them, as the years would go by, uh, to raise the bar. And they did, uh, after wallowing in, uh, you know, somewhat, uh, you know, okay ratings. Uh, they, until they had the the Monday Night Wars before... Uh, this show would really come into its own. And then, of course, to this day, uh, one of the longest running television shows in in, uh, history. I mean, a weekly show that uh, has continued to go on and on and on. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed it, folks. Uh, As I have said, uh, I hope you're you're, uh, safe and everything is good with you and your family. Uh, Again, thank you so much for tuning in. Love to hear from you. I put a few things out there. I wanted to get your reaction to um, these programs that have been, you know, put up uh, by WWE and AEW without a crowd, and how uh, what you think of it. Is it doing more harm than good? Is it, uh, you know, keeping things going? It's keeping your interest. Uh, Love to hear from you. You just uh, email me at at primetimemooney@gmail.com. and of course, uh, we'd love to have you join us on Patreon.com/slash/PrimetimeMooney if you uh, want to continue to listen to all of our content early and ad-free. You can do it; it's uh, just $4.99. Uh, other than that, uh, you know, it's still you can still download it every single Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. All the content from Primetime with Sean Mooney, the PTSM collection. Uh, it's dropped uh, in the morning, 6 a.m. Eastern Time. So. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Sean Mooney, and I am out.